1: Welcome to this Sunday edition of Heritage Bible Radio. Before we get to our passage today, Heritage Bible Church wants to remind you of an upcoming opportunity we've been announcing for a couple of weeks now. Our 2019 Ladies' Conference will be held on Friday, September 20th through Saturday, September 21st. This year's theme is Living Wise in a Foolish World. And you can find out more and sign up on our website at www.hbc-boise.org. That's www.hbc-boise.org. Well, we're in chapter 2 of the book of Mark, where Jesus heals a paralytic who was dropped through the roof of a house in front of him because it was too crowded to get through the door. Now, Jesus used yet another opportunity to heal someone miraculously in order to declare his deity by declaring the man's sins forgiven. This was one of many clear declarations by Jesus that he was God and came and spoke with God's authority. Some have gotten this backwards, though. Some go so far as to say that God wants everyone to be healed, but that was never the point. The point of the healing was to validate Jesus' claim to be the Son of God so that people would know that what he said was also the Word of God. Pastor Jim will emphasize this important point and some other things we should learn from this passage as he closes with this final segment of the message entitled, Who Can Forgive Sins?
0: This passage is in harmony with all of the others. And it will validate the point that healing isn't the point. He was preaching. This opportunity arose and he kept on preaching. He used it as an opportunity to proclaim the forgiveness of sins. That gives you a good idea of what it was that he was probably uh, preaching when he was speaking to them. He was saying things like what he'd said all along. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He forgives the guy's sin. Then he... He heals him to validate that he has the authority to forgive sins. So he made the claim, he backed it up, and he left the conclusions to be drawn by everyone who was present. And he left it for us. Look at the final verse of this section, verse 12. And he got up, clearly that's the paralytic, he got up and immediately picked up the pallet "...and went out in the sight of everyone, so that they were all amazed, and were glorifying God, saying, We have never seen anything like this." It's an interesting word, amazed. It's a word that implies, uh, from its etymology, that it's like they were beside themselves. Matthew used the word that's often translated fear for reverential awe, the, the awareness of something great and, and, and powerful, deep, profound respect and admiration and kind of speechlessness. They were, they were glorifying God, though, for putting on such a display among men. Jesus yet again demonstrates that He is God, even though He's also a man. No one had ever seen anything quite like Jesus because He is unique. I don't know exactly how it happened, but somehow I can picture that crowd that wouldn't even step aside to let the paralytic man's friends bring Him in. The way I play it in my mind, I see the crowd parting as He walked out. And just that. Whoa! And probably silence and then somebody praising God now in uh, typical Bible fashion there are many things that are revealed here the deity of Jesus the miraculous power all of that and there are many things left for you to wonder about you see the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and their, and their scribes but you also see Jesus showing a little flash of omniscience you see him healing At least five people, it appears, left believing in Him and being blessed for it. So many things aren't said. Wouldn't you like to hear a biography of at least one of those scribes having come around like Nicodemus did? Were there any others in the crowd willing to follow Jesus? You know, the, the Pharisees were very good at intimidating people and throwing them out of the synagogue if they even um, said something nice about Jesus. Don't you wonder how many in this crowd eventually would have stood up to that? I hope there were a lot. What became of the guy who was healed? We're not told. He died. I trust he died in faith. Did, did his friends Go back wherever they came from and grab another stretcher and bring the next one? i bet the crowd would part if they did. And then there are other questions. Did they fix the roof? Did, did Jesus heal the roof? That's an interesting concept. Was it covered by Peter's homeowner's policy? We, we, a lot of things we don't know about. You know, there's no record here of the man who was healed saying anything to Jesus. I I can't imagine that he didn't at least say thank you. I think it's Luke that says that he walked away glorifying God. But this passage is here for us. We're a long time away. We're a long ways away. Where do you stand? You've heard, you've seen in your mind everything that there is to see here. Where do you stand? Do you have awe for the power of God? Do you understand how profoundly you need forgiveness and that only He can give it to you? I said it a couple of weeks ago, if I could heal your every disease, take away your disability, get rid of your aches and pains, I would so happily do that in a heartbeat just out of pure human compassion. If I could calm your nerves and drive away your fears and make you immune to worry and anxiety, oh, I would do it and I wouldn't hesitate for a second. But if I could do all of those things, you'd still have to go out and re-enter The real world. You would still keep growing older. Eventually your body will wear out. Unless you live until the rapture, you will die. So the big question, the one that this text leads you to, is then what? When you die, and you are faced with the reality of life after death, and there is judgment, and there is eternal eternity. It won't matter if you've been temporarily relieved of pain and suffering right now unless you stand forgiven. Otherwise, the righteous, perfect, holy God, your Creator and Judge, must, by His own character, sentence you to the lake of fire and brimstone to be tormented day and night forever and ever. There are only two outcomes. The paralyzed guy got the good one. He was forgiven. So I'd heal you if I could, but if I can let you know that you have total forgiveness of your sins and what Christ did for you, if I can let you know that you have eternal life if you'll accept the free gift of eternal life, letting go of everything you think you have to bring to the table, if I could let you know for sure that your eternity will be endless joy and blessing Your temporary earthly sufferings will pale by comparison. The point of this passage is, not only who can forgive sins, but are your sins forgiven? Far better than seeking temporal relief. It's good, but far better is to be understanding that that's not the most important thing. Remember the Apostle Paul's autobiography in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18? He says, For momentary light affliction, referring to what, is, what, what he's gone through. Now, it, it, that's a euphemism. It wasn't momentary and it wasn't light. He'd been stoned, left for dead. It, it, it was awful what he had gone through. But compared to eternity... See, that was his perspective. He says, momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal, as opposed to momentary, weight, as opposed to light, an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. You can see the healing. You can't see the forgiveness. He says, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are temporal eternal. Jesus claimed to be God. Crystal clear. His enemies understood immediately that His claim to forgive was a claim to do something only God can do. But they made the mistake so many people make. They ruled out the correct answer before they ever asked the question of who Jesus is. Don't do that. I will gladly Pray for you in any circumstance of suffering or illness. And God will show you His faithfulness through whatever you need. But ultimately, you either accept the forgiveness that's offered to you now, or you accept the consequences offered to you for eternity. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this passage. Most of all, thank You for Your Son unveiled to us here. Please, Lord, um, don't let anyone go away from this place not dealing with his or her own sins. Drive them to the Savior, I pray. Draw them to the Savior, I pray, by your grace and by your mercy that you would get the glory. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you.